What up, my fellow challenge lover? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the challenge universe. Then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today on this Friday. Yes, Friday, two days after we had originally planned to be here. My apologies for that. But those of you who follow me on Instagram, which you all should, at Challenge Historian, come on. What are you doing now? I know there's not a lot of content, but there will be soon. We're about to get to that. But we're here on Friday instead of a Wednesday because we got a little behind with work this week. Thanks in large part to the world's greatest puppy, which came into my and my wife's lives at the beginning of the week, set the week back. Now we're taking the dog outside every 90 minutes. He is the cutest, most adorable little puppy you have ever seen. So if you would like to see the world's cutest puppy, head over to my Instagram. I posted a couple quick pictures of him just to be like, hey, this is the reason there's no podcast until Friday. Not my fault. Look how cute he is. Come on. So you can check that out there. But we're coming to you on Friday to talk all things world championships to put a bow on this season and along with the season, pretty much the whole world championships project six season run, if you will, in general. Before we get into a couple quick programming notes, Survivor, incredible finale episode on Wednesday. I will be covering that and the penultimate episode this weekend with Paige over on Most Likely 2. We missed last weekend. That was on me. One of my best friends getting married. And then I went and got a puppy. So it was a pretty wild weekend. I couldn't find a time to record with her. That's on me, but we will be here this weekend recording scheduled. Very much looking forward to talking about that finale. So at most likely to, as always, if you're a Survivor fan and want to listen to us break down that incredible finale and the penultimate episode a little bit too. Loved, loved, loved it. And then after that... There isn't anything on the schedule for the moment because we still somehow don't know when All-Stars 4 is coming back, which is insane. All of the actual cast members that were there on All-Stars 4 are starting to get a little antsy of like, whoa, when is our season coming? We've heard USA 2 starts in August. We know that now. We've got a first couple little just TJ talking promo ended up clips. But we don't know what's coming in the two and a half months between now and then. Could we fit in an All-Stars 4? It seems like we could. So we're expecting an announcement on that anytime now as is everyone else in the world of the challenge. Hopefully we will get it, and hopefully it will be very soon, and we will get to watch it and cover it very soon. But until we know anything about that or more on the USA 2, there may not be a podcast on this feed for at least the next couple of weeks. In its place, I am going to be dedicating myself to finally getting around to making more short-form content. So Instagram, at Challenge Historian, or for those already watching on YouTube, you're in the right spot. For those who don't, who just might listen, go ahead and go over to YouTube and follow Shorts, Reels, the whole thing, a little bit of more short-form content to take the place of the long-form podcasting, at least for the next couple of weeks, if not possibly the entire month of June. Again, all stars for Pending. If we get an announcement in the next week or so, which I'm kind of anticipating that, hey, it's coming and it's coming soon. It's like two weeks away and we're going to bang it out between now and USA 2. Great. We'll be here obviously covering it, previewing it, the whole dang thing. Also, though, along with pushing the short form for the next couple of weeks to month, we are also going to make the plan to restart the rewatch series. I've had a lot of people with a lot of amazing messages. I appreciate each and every single one of them. I mean it when I say feel free to reach out about anything challenge related on the Instagram. I mean it. I might not respond for a few days. I don't always, not the most active, but I will respond and I love it. And especially those of you who have talked to me about the rewatch series, who have liked it, loved it, offered opinions and feedback, how to make it better. Love, love, love. 
love all of that. Feel free to continue because I am going to try to make the plan to get the rewatch series at least seasons 21 through 30. Rivals the Dirty 30, the greatest era of the show. I really want to do them. We stopped at this huge, huge moment. So my goal is to make a plan in the next couple of weeks to get those nine seasons, 10 seasons, excuse me, sometime at the end, near the end of this year, or as soon as we can get up and doing them in still rewatch series 1.0 version, meaning solo deep dives from yours truly. And then at the same time, I would love to hear from you because I will also be putting together the plan for rewatch series 2.0. What that means is in 2024, I am hoping to launch a Patreon, very low cost, don't worry, super duper low, little tiny entry fee to get you in the door where we do a full-blown, the truest, most historical deep dive of the challenge there's ever been done. I'm talking one season at a time, one to two weeks of coverage where we're talking to multiple cast members, maybe even multiple cast members at the same time about just that season that they were there for the entire thing, where we're doing super long-form podcast about about each of the season, breaking them down in unbelievable detail, but then breaking those episodes up into small little clips. So if you're like, I'm interested in the evolution of the challenges, but not so much this other topic, great. You don't have to listen to the whole thing. You can just go over here and see that little part. Each ep- each season, you can just follow along like, that's the thing I- I'm interested in. I'll watch that little 10-minute clip each time, but I don't need to watch the whole thing. We're going to do every possible thing we can think of to cover each season in detail, talk to as many people as possible associated with the show, cast members, production, the whole thing. So if you have any ideas, if there's anything in the world of the challenge that you would love to know more about, about each season to season that you think would be a cool addition to a rewatch series that may get you to be willing to pony up, I don't know, $5 a month, $10 a month at most for, you know, get past the paywall, join a Patreon to learn more about the show what would those things be? Hit me up on Instagram. Let me know what you would like. Because as I put together the plan for what that could be in the next year, I definitely would love your feedback because you're the ones I'm hoping that are going to want to devour this content once it is made. I'm, I'm making it for me, selfishly, personally. I just love this stuff. This is what I want to see put out into the world. So I'll go ahead and be the one to make it too. But I would love to know what you're looking for so that I can hopefully provide that as well. So that is the very long, elongated version of programming notes for the short term and very long term of this podcast as for today let's get to what we're actually here for that would be the world championship season recap agenda for the day we got a couple of items first things first did it work and a ranking of all of the seasons from this six season batch second thing then what i liked what i didn't like what i wish i could have changed third thing we got to talk about jordan and kaz both of them specifically with these wins jordan kind of puts himself back in that goat conversation i want to talk a little bit about that kaz is now two for two where could she be going with this challenge career i want to talk about that and make those little assessments so we'll iso for jordan and kaz for a minute and then fourth and finally we will do awards best quote best moment best daily elimination and season MVP. Did Kellyanne hold on with a mid-season exit? Did she hold on to the MVP? We will find out at the end of this podcast. So that's the agenda for today, for the next couple of weeks, for maybe even the next couple of years of the challenge historian. So there you go. There you have it. With that, thank you as always for being here. Let's dive in. Kicking things off, we're the only place I feel like I can kick things off, and it's a question I love to ask when it comes to the challenge, and I've actually already asked this question basically at the beginning of this season and at the end of Ride or Dies, but I'm here now because we've seen all of this big World Championships project now, and so one last time, we can ask the question, did it work? Did it work? And guess what? 
the answer is still quite complicated as it was going into the season, um, as it has been after each of the, the seasons that came. So when I say, did it work? And I say this big world chip chip project, I mean, challenge USA, UK, Argentina, Australia, ride or dies, all five that led into world championships. And then I'll even actually throw in all stars three. It was its own thing, but it did kind of serve because Wes and John a both ended up here and Jordan and Naya were both there into this one. And yes, you know, it, it ended up kind of being a little bit a part of this group as well. So did this work? Well, it did give us a lot of content, which as someone who covers the show and has the more the show is on, the more podcasts I can do, the more I can talk about it. That's great for me. And did I enjoy all of it? You bet your ass I did, because I love this show probably too much, just like you out there probably love this show a little bit too much. And so even an average challenge season, even an average challenge episode, I'm still going to be like, well, that was the best time I could have spent. Uh, what else was I going to do that I'm going to enjoy and like more than watching the challenge? And then when it's great, you know, that's the best thing we got going out here. So Obviously, I loved it all, regardless of how good or average or even at times not that great some of it might have been, but I still loved it, and it gave us a lot of content, and I'm not mad about that at all. The other thing really well that it did, it did a great job of introducing people who would be great in the flagship cast. If you think back, I know not all of you want to, but that season, recent season flagship, Spies, Lies, and Allies, remember that season? Yeah, you do. You probably, maybe you don't want to, but you do. And on that season, their whole big push was, we're going to bring in all these rookies from all over the world, and this thing is going to be global. And really, behind the scenes, it's like you're trying to like build this up in other markets, maybe just do spinoff shows in those markets and get paid fees for that. Maybe just to bring in more audience members if Paramount Plus starts to be able to stream globally, what have you. And it didn't totally work. A couple of the rookies were cool and whatnot, but uh, it didn't totally work and people didn't totally love it. More because of the season than the cast itself. But this, if you think about that and like what they were trying to do, this was like the next level version of that, of broadening this appeal of the show to other parts of the world. And I think it did that in kind of a great way as far as bringing us people from all around the world that could then be on the flagship show. Now, it, does that actually do anything for the flagship show? Does that actually build any money? I don't know. Because like, if they put a couple new UK or Australia people now on a future season of flagship, do they suddenly get more people watching from either of those countries? And does that help in any way? No, it, it really doesn't. And so the goal of, you know, I think their real behind the scenes goal is like creating something like Survivor Australia. If you're not a Survivor fan, let me fill you in real quick. Survivor, there's a couple of different places around the world, different countries that do their own Survivor that the CBS Paramount franchise, you know, franchises out the franchise itself and gets paid a bunch of money for them to be able to do those shows in these other countries. And they're big hits, especially like Survivor Australia in particular is like a big, big hit. Survivor fans here in the States like love that version of the show just as much. It's a big deal, what have you, and they make good money off of being able to, like, we, you know, exported this show to another part of the world. That's the type of situation that I think the challenge was looking for of, like, what if it really takes off in Australia? What if it really takes off in Argentina or the UK? And now those other TV networks are paying us a bunch of money to use our franchise, and then also we're getting these great cast members that we could come use in our versions of the franchise. Well, that second part, I feel like it did work. That second part just isn't that nearly as important, getting a couple cool cast members to bring over. Instead, 
it you know it doesn't it, it didn't take off in any of those countries at all it fell flat on its face in australia and kind of really in the uk and even the one here in usa wasn't the most well received the only one that actually did well was challenge argentina and maybe we you maybe we start having a challenge argentina is just happening all the time in the background over there and that's great uh, i don't know if it's even though it did really well there if it's a big enough audience to either sustain or make that much for the parent company to be able to franchise that off. So ultimately did this totally work? Not in the way they wanted it to, but did it give us, you know, six, five seasons, six seasons in like a one and a half year span. And did I enjoy all of them? Yes. Yes, it did. So kind of worked. Next question. Did we actually crown a world champion? Did, did we Is it Jordan Kaz, like the true world champion, the way we would think of a world champion in like anything else, uh, in any other sport or activity or game or anything. No, CT and Kara weren't there. Let's just, that that's the easiest way to shut that down. No CT and Kara were not there. So it's null and void. Cause if, if those two were there, maybe that's at least like the first line of defense in saying like, no, this isn't a true, like you're not the true world champion. You get to call yourself the world champion. That's fucking cool. If I'm Jordan Kaz, I'm like, I, I don't care what you say. I get to call myself world champ. That's what I am. And it's really, really cool. And I would be like, it is really cool. And if I was you, I would think it's really cool. It is cool. You deserve it. But did we actually crown like a quote unquote world champion? Not really, not really. Um, the cast was very good. And again, it's really cool. And I'm happy for Jordan Kaz, but it's just kind of to me, it's just like any other season. They want they won a good season, a season with a really good cast. That's that's all this was. Now, let's get to ranking these seasons. So, again, we had the UK, Australia, Argentina, USA, Rider Dies, and then World Championships. And I'm just going to go ahead and put in All-Stars 3 just for fun, even though, again, it's not really a part of this bunch. So if you're like, hey, it shouldn't be a part of these rankings – just ignore that part in my mind and skip it out and you'll be able to figure out what the rankings would be without it. You just take it out. So here's what we're going to do in not rated place is challenge Argentina. Cause I still haven't watched it. I still haven't watched it. I still find it foolish that they, um, uh, that they, that they don't put it out to the American audience until after we can already start watching the challenge world championships. That was a very odd decision. Similarly, Odd to put the challenge UK, even though it's only five episodes, it's odd to have dumped it one week before you started the world championships on Paramount Plus. But I digress. So I haven't watched it. Uh, I do know that it looks like it's a really fun. It's a lot of episodes. It looks a little more like old school challenge wise. Like they're 30 minute episodes. I think they're like 16 or 18 or something. And uh, yeah, it looks, it looks fun. I will watch it at some point, um, but because I haven't yet, I am not going to rate it here. So. It is put to the side. It does not count in these ratings. So then, of the six remaining, again, counting All-Stars 3 here, sixth place. I'm actually, honestly, after all of it, a tie for fifth. Let's call tie for fifth. Rider dies in World Championships. I don't know. I liked both of them. Neither of them was a bad season by any means. But it's mostly that my expectations were so high for what they both could have been and that they didn't you know, really come anywhere close to what I feel like the version of them that very much could have existed. Not like pie in the sky, wild thinking stuff that couldn't happen. Like Coral and the Miz are on ride or dies. Like obviously that's not going to happen. Realistic stuff that they could have done made it a little different. The realistic best case version of each of those seasons, they didn't really come close to meeting in my mind. And so I got those ones in a tie for fifth. I don't want to call either one the worst of these five or six seasons. So we'll call it a tie right above them. Challenge USA. Some things I loved about it, some things I really, really didn't like about it. Right above that, 
Challenge UK with an asterisk. It's only five episodes. It's a mini season at best, but I loved it and I love the cast. And so this is where it falls, but I would get it if you'd be like, by default, it should be in last place because it's not really a full season. I mean, Challenge Ride or Dies was 18 episodes compared to the five shorter episodes of Challenge UK. So I get it, but it's in third for me. All-Stars 3 is in second. Again, you want to wipe it out. You could just say that it doesn't exist. No matter how you slice it, the best of the best of this group was Challenge Australia. I said it before. I'll say it again. If by somehow, some way, you still have not watched Challenge Australia after learning about Kiki and Troy and Emily and even Grant here on Challenge World Championships, you do yourself a favor. Go right now. Not right now. At the end of this podcast, 30 minutes or so from now. And go over and watch Challenge Australia. It's amazing. It's the best. It was the best version of this. And it stinks. It stinks so much that the fans in Australia had couldn't have cared less about watching it. But we here in the States love it. I loved it. If you do watch it and you know, go back, listen to my recaps of it. We did we did recaps of almost every episode, sometimes two episodes at a time. They were fantastic. Love, love, loved it. So Australia won. All-Stars 3 second, if you count it, but if you don't want it to be a part of this, then UK second with an asterisk because it's a mini season, USA third, Ryder dies fourth, World Championships fifth. But again, I liked all of them. The one we're talking about today, I don't want you to be like, oh, now why would I even listen to this podcast now? You just ranked it the worst of these this group of seasons. Well, there's still a lot of good there. I just, again, didn't quite hit the level of expectation. So let's talk about why. Let's dive into what I did like about this season, what I didn't necessarily like about this season, and what I wish I could go back and change or do different. Liked, disliked, wish I could have changed. Let's start with the positive, shall we? Is it going to be too much to then do the negative and the kind of semi-negative in a row? No, it'll be okay. Let's start with the positive. And there was a lot of positive. I'm not going to name everything here. This would be a very long podcast. It's already probably going to be a pretty long podcast. It would be a very long podcast if I named every single thing that I liked and every single thing that I didn't like and every single thing that I wish I could have changed. So we're going to keep the list a little short. You've probably been listening all season long and have heard me talk episode by episode about things like what I liked and didn't like. So here we go. Things I liked. Number one standout thing that just one of the the things I'm going to remember the most about the season is Danny and Sarah. Danny and Sarah not giving in to the Vacation Alliance legends that were there that were trying to strong arm the game from day one, trying to play their own thing. Danny and Sarah came in. They had heard all the smack talk about their season of the show from all of the MTV vets. And they said, we ain't playing with them. We're playing to beat them. And they brought. I mean, outside of the next person we're going to talk about, they basically brought any and all good drama to the show because this season was, as many of the recent ones have been, just super focused on the game and strategy and votes and politics. And that's great. We've just got to accept that's what it is. It's not nearly as much, if almost any at times, of the drama and the relationships and the people getting upset at each other and then loving each other and falling, you know, best friend in love with each other and then stabbing each other in the back or being crazy or anything like that. It's less reality, more game with every passing season that gets ratcheted up a little, little, little bit more. So at least we need the game part to be really interesting and not to just be a bunch of people getting walked over and pushed over like it has been the last couple of seasons. And Danny and Sarah weren't going to have any of that. And I love them and appreciate them for it. So shout out to them. Second thing that I loved, liked, loved, you could call it either one. Kellyanne, just serving all season long. We're going to talk a lot about Kellyanne. 
near the end of this podcast, so we'll just leave it at that. Kellyanne was amazing. She was the one bringing the a little bit of drama, a little bit of you know intrigue and entertainment, episode by episode, every single time. Absolutely serving. Absolutely the best. Love Kelly. And third thing, that Darrell and Kiki were partners uh, because they were perfect together. It was it just was a perfect perfect match. I wouldn't have had it any other way. And I'm, I'm just so happy at the end of the season that they were partners and how great they were together and how much entertainment they brought to us. We'll talk a little about them as partners later, but I, I just really appreciate they were partners because as we're going to talk about on the next two parts of this list, there were some other partnerships that I, I thought could have been different, that could have been made for better if they were a little different, could have been chosen different, what have you. So I loved that Darrell and Kiki got to be partners. Next thing. I loved and I appreciated that they didn't send Troy home when Amber had to leave. I know I said it during that episode, but I'll say it again that, you know, we didn't have a Kahuta on our hands where it's like, why is that guy the best guy here? Just the nicest, bestest guy here has got to go home because his partner has this wonderful, amazing thing happening to them and they have to leave. And, you know, it was just so hard when that happened and uh, when it's happened a few times now. And so, Well, it was a bummer, of course, always that someone as amazing as Amber has to leave the show. It was at least not for an injury or medical thing. It was for a beautiful, wonderful miracle. And I wish her and Chauncey all the best because they're beautiful, wonderful, amazing people. But it was just, I I just really appreciated that production. Figured it out. And yes, they kind of had the little extra handed to them of like, well, we've got one guy going home, one girl going home. So boom, we can make a new little team. Yes, it was right there. Kind of fell into their laps, the timing of it. But they still made that decision. And it was the right one. And it was the good one. And I appreciate them making good on the fly decisions. That's awesome. Hats off to production. Then the final thing I will say. Is also a big shout out to production, the executive producers, the showrunner. I don't know who was the showrunner on this particular series. If it was Booth, if it was someone else, um, every everyone involved, everyone involved. Thank you for hearing me, for hearing all the fans, and knowing there was no algorithm, there was no twists, really at all. There was a simple, straightforward game. They stayed in the same part partners from start to end. They had a draft, which always works. You know my feelings about drafts in the challenge. Might get mentioned again on this podcast during the award segment. And they stuck to that format then. This was how you were going to be able to win dailies. This was who was going to end up in eliminations. And it was that way all the way through. And I appreciate that. And it makes for a way better game, I think, every single time. And that was awesome. Now, those are some of the things I liked. Some of them. Not all of them. There's plenty more. But, again... Don't want this to be too long. So then dislike. Some things I did not like. One, they botched trivia. I think for the first time ever. But we talked about it when it happened. We won't go in depth here. They botched trivia, and that's a travesty. You can't do that again. Please fix that. Fix that. You got to. It's trivia. Come on. It's it's challenge trivia. We'll give you one. We'll give you one. Don't do it again. Second thing. This could be in the wish I could have changed um, category, but I'm going to put it here because I just outwardly disliked it. I would also change it, but I just outwardly disliked it. I still don't understand why Devin wasn't invited. Um, I believe it was a straight-up non-invite. I don't think he said no. Hit me up. Correct me if I'm wrong, if you've heard him say differently. Um, But he just won Ride or Dies. Uh, That was one of the seasons that was the lead into this thing. How, How is he not there? He's been the face of the show, the flagship show recently, the male face of the show. It's him and Tori. And then they win... And then he doesn't get to come to the, it doesn't even get invited to the world championships. Like 
I don't know. I, I, the show could have used him. That's for damn sure. Uh, definitely. Even if you're someone who's is over Devin's, you know, his, his type of entertainment, his type of humor, everything like that. I'm not, I love it. I'm here for it, but I understand some people that might be this season needed a little bit of Devin. Let's, let's be honest. And he just deserved it. And I, I didn't like that. He wasn't there. Next thing. I'm not sure how voting worked again. We'll leave it at that. I still don't. I mean, I know how it worked. They all got, you know, two votes, but did they each individually get a vote if it came down to uh, it? Or did they each have to agree once they said the words out loud at the table? Did they have to stick to it? Who got to vote first? Was it just where you sat? All of that. Uh, I haven't been listening to any of the cast interviews yet, so maybe some people have explained these things. Again, point me in the direction if you are in the know about this or have heard from someone who was there in the know on a different podcast, whatever. Point me that way. But I don't love, as as much as I love the simple, straightforward game, I didn't love that I don't 100% know how the voting exactly worked. Next. And this is a big one. This is a big one. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to try not to get too upset about this one. This is actually the one I hate the most. Um, Yeah. They clearly had a lot of fun, okay? Every week, I think I did this little rant oh, when I did Challenge Fandom uh, podcast a couple weeks back. I don't think I actually did it on my own. So if I did, pardon me, or if you listened to that one over on Challenge Fandom, thank you. They got an awesome show. Keep on listening when I'm there or when I'm not there. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening again. Because every week on Friday for, I think, 11 straight weeks of the Challenge World Championships, the Challenge Instagram would post a bunch of pictures that with the tagline, something I don't even remember the tagline because it makes me so mad that I kind of tried to want to block it out of my head. But like, like this until Monday, or you know, taking the weekend off, whatever. It was basically like, can't wait to have fun on the weekend. And it was picture after picture, a full ten picture, you know, carousel of just this cast in the house or out on the town or something having a blast. Clearly having the best time. And people you wouldn't think have the best time, like all people, not just like two partners having fun, whatever. Like there was clearly a lot of fun being had in this house and by this cast. And we didn't see any of it. What? Why? What? Is, what it clearly happened. It clearly happened. They're trying to give it to us. I want to see some people having a good time. That sounds like a good time to me. So. Yeah, those, I mean, and then if, if that happens and you don't tell, show us any of it, don't tell us that it happened every week, every time I started my weekend thinking, yeah, I would love to have as much fun this weekend as those people look like they're having fun there, but I would also love to see those people having fun. I thought you filmed it. I thought that was the point. Um, but so, yeah, that one, that one didn't like that. And then third, uh, third, finally, fifth and finally of the dislike list, they didn't use Mark Wright. Um, they didn't really use any of the hosts the way I thought. You know, at the beginning of the season, all four hosts are there. And then uh, Briny shows up again, I think, one more time, like in the second or third episode. And then no Marley, no Mark Wright. And if you listen to my Challenge UK recaps, you know that I really like Mark Wright. Liked him a lot. Wish we could have saw him a little bit this season. Also believe that him and TJ became good friends while recording simultaneously down there in Argentina. I think I heard him say that maybe it was Marley, maybe it was Mark Wright, maybe it was both. Either way, would have loved to see the little bromance between between those different hosts and whatnot. So I uh, don't know why they didn't do that. All right. Wish I could have changed. Let's get through this one a little bit quicker. Most of these you have heard before. First one, biggest one, Nathan going home, episode one. I don't know what happened. I don't though if it was COVID, if it was something else, whatever, huge loss for the show changed the trajectory of this season. If you have not watched challenge UK, or if you have, and just don't agree with me that Nathan is the best cast member, new cast member in 
forever, forever. Maybe the history of the show. Maybe the history of the show. I, I loved him so much. He was so good for the show, and he was going to be amazing for this season. Absolutely. And uh, him just suddenly being gone, like three scenes into the show with no explanation, really hurt. Really hurt me. Really hurt, I'm sure, him. I, that Obviously, that sucks, sucks, sucks um, for him, and I wish him nothing but the best, and I hope he is back on our television screens in some way, but that, that crushed the show. Next one, Ben and Amber having to go home in episode eight. Obviously, I wish I could have changed that, too. Obviously, I can't. Um, you know, medical uh, and uh, having a baby, both of those things, you get, probably got to leave the game for that, and that stinks, but it did flip the game entirely. It made the last couple of episodes kind of boring strategically, politically when they could have been unbelievably and awesome. Um, so that really stinks. And again, it's kind of out of production's hands that that happened. And then third, if I could change something about the draft third and fourth here of the five things I wish I could have changed. Number three and number four are both draft picks. I love a draft. I thank them for that. Could have been on the, what I loved list. Love, love, love a draft. It works every time it worked here. Do it every season for all I care until it doesn't work again. But it, it's probably going to always work because it's great. But there were some picks that I wish I could go back and change. Number one, Danny should have picked Amber instead of Tori. He had the second pick as far as uh, female partners go. Casey was off the board. That makes a lot of sense. He then goes with Tori. I think he, I, in the moment, I thought that was the right call. I thought Casey and Tori were the obvious kind of one, too. But man, he would have probably had a lot better time if he picks Amber. And then as far as being these little like revolutionaries going against the vacation Alliance and these other legends, guess who would have been perfect to do that with you, Danny, it would have been Amber. And yes, then we maybe also would have ended up with the, if you know, it just still plays out the exact same. Amber's got to go home. Danny somehow ends up with Casey and maybe they're able to win in the end. Although Casey was having a lot of troubles there in the final. I've gotten some more. I've gotten a couple people message me or comment on the YouTube video about that. I still haven't went and uh, fact-checked or double-checked that. So point me in the direction of the medical issues she was going through uh, during the final. That was really, you know, it was really, again, it was very unfair that they had to do a hall brawl. And she had to do two rounds of a hall brawl and then go directly to doing this, like, multi-day final, which is a lot and uh, not really fair. But I wish Danny would have picked Amber. I think that would have made things even even better. As much great entertainment as we got out of Danny and Tori, I think that could have really been awesome. And the other pick I wish could have been different is I wish Justine would have picked Theo over Bananas. One, because it would have been hilarious. It was already hilarious that Jordan and Wes got picked over Bananas. But if then it would have been like, and also I'll take the one legend here who's never won on the male side. I'll take him. It would have been really funny and interesting to see Banana's reaction. And it also would have just been nice because, again, it would have allowed that USA crew that so badly wanted to kind of do their own thing to not be attached to that Vacation Alliance contingent um, and legend contingent. It would have been way more like imagine a world where Danny picks Amber and Justine picks Theo. And so maybe then Sarah picks Bananas, but the whole time is like I'll – I'm, I literally, if you want me, I will we'll just go into every elimination before I listen to you. Like, it's not going to happen, and it would have been hilarious to watch them fight or something. But, you know, if we have, then have Justine and Danny fully on the, like, oh, Grant John A., you want to go at them? Great. Uh, Jody and Benha, you want to go at them? Great. Darrell and Kiki, you're not feeling them? Great. All across the board, it would have been wonderful. So I wish those picks, I could go back and change them. And then fifth and finally, and this is really rude of me, but I got to say it, as rude as it is. I wish the 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 folks from Challenge Argentina maybe wouldn't have been invited. They're wonderful. 
And again, I'm look I'm actively looking forward to watching their season. I think it by all accounts it's a very fun and good season and I'm probably going to love it. Probably going to love it. But I feel like they were just at too much of a disadvantage between really truly being the kind of like all of the international folks were like the outsiders to the legends but there was a little bit more of a connection between those who had maybe like knew of the USA reality landscape versus not, but I feel like the Argentina folks didn't. And then again, the, just the language part of it. And then they get just chosen immediately is kind of like, that's the easy team to pick on in all of it because of that makes for kind of a boring first few episodes. Again, when the whole focus of the show is on strategy and politics, and then it's like, well, we're just going to pick all the teams that are from the one country and until all four are gone. We've got our choices, you know, it, so it's nothing to do with the people themselves because they're amazing. And I look forward to watching their season, but I almost wish they would have just been like the Argentina folks aren't coming. It's us UK and Australia. And then, you know, to replace those four teams, uh, those four folks, Give me a Connor, Brittany, Kieran, Brooke J from Australia. Give me Callum, Danny from UK. There's there's six people that I mean, if you just straight up just did the Australia, I mean, you could just do the Australia cast again, the entire the whole entire thing. But you know, of those six people, give me four of those six: Connor, Brittany, Kieran, Brooke J, Callum, or Danny. Uh, two of the three of each of those males and females to kind of replace the Argentina folks, and you've got a wild, much wilder and more chaotic season on your hands, and you would tip the scales a little more towards those uh, those contingencies actually really gelling and creating these alliances and everything else. So those are the things I would have changed. Those are the things I disliked, and those were the things I liked. Now let's talk specifically about our two winners because they both deserve a little more conversation. Let's talk about our two winners. Let's start with Jordan. Is Jordan the GOAT? Is Jordan go now? Uh, I've seen that floating around. I've seen a couple compelling arguments. We're getting some heavy stats into it, um, especially you know the idea that he's now won four out of I believe his nine total seasons, seven flagship, one All Stars, one World Championships, um, in that that's you know the best winning percentage ever for anyone with three or more, four or more. Uh, that's done, you know, more than the like three seasons or whatever. You know, Jamie Murray is the best winning percentage ever, uh, unless you would count, you know, the one and done champions, the two and done champions, things like that. So is he the best ever? And I would say the d- best male ever definitely got a lot more complicated uh, with him winning this and kind of reasserting himself into that conversation that he had slightly dipped from or was at least, you know, kind of slowly regressing from and now is boom, right back in the thick of it. And here's what I would say if I was just to answer the who's the GOAT question right here and now. For what the game is right now, today, if they started a season tomorrow in its most sporty as ever form, yes, Jordan is the best player because he's an actual legitimate endurance athlete right now today. He's built for exactly what this show has become and as a sport. For the history of the game, you could play if you said you could plop him in today's version, the earliest version of the show, somewhere in between, and he's gonna win. CT is the best player ever. He fits in any version of this game ever and probably dominates it. Who had the best career and proved to be the best at finding ways to win this game? That would be bananas. And now I personally, and I know at this point, almost no one agrees. Weirdly, almost no one agrees with me. I still hold on to bananas is the goat. 
CT and Jordan are right freaking there. CT and now Jordan too. I have moved Jordan up to like, he's definitely number three for sure on the male side ever at this point. And he's right there with CT who's right there with bananas. And yeah, if you know, I, I think if bananas would have just stopped after rivals three, if he would have taken the money and run from Sarah, very controversial moment, but he did it. It was big TV gold, more or less. If he would have stopped right there and then he would have been, I don't know, he would have had six wins out of whatever that would have been like 14 seasons or something. Uh, and it would have been like, man, you know, he based 13 seasons, whatever it would have been. He would have like be like, you won almost half the time you won like four or five out of the last like six or seven that you did in all formats, individual partner, whatever. If he would have just left the game at that point, it would be so much easier to argue him as the best, but then he's done all these other seasons. And now it's like, yeah, he's won seven, which is two more than the next closest, but uh, you know, he's done 22, 23, whatever it's been. And so that kind of weighs it down. And the way I look at that, like fact, for instance, like factor in, what if Jordan did another 10 seasons of the show? Because if he did, he might, who knows if he did, he's going to go into every single season. Now the way he should have went into the last couple seasons and kind of went into all-stars three of being the number one target that everyone actually makes moves against. And isn't just like, yeah, you're the number one target, but we're friends with you and your, your ex fiance's here and she's friends with us and this, that, and the other, and you can come to the final and kick our ass. That's not going to happen anymore. That's what happened to bananas. At some point he kept winning even against the odds. And then it became like a true, like every single person was like, no, 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 no. That motherfucker gets thrown in first, second, third, fourth, fifth, until he's out of here. And he started to have some early exits, uh, some mid-season exits after multiple eliminations, the whole thing. And it was damn near impossible for him to get. And that's what made the Total Madness win so impressive um, that he was able to finally, like, make it to the end of the season again. And so if Jordan were to do another 10 seasons, I bet he, at best, at best, wins, like, another one or two of them because he becomes such a massive, massive target um, that even if he is the best player there, it's just really hard. You're not going to win every elimination. So, like, if you end up, everyone's just like, you're going to at least have to win three of these. If you want to show up and make a final, you're going to have to at least win three eliminations. Then, like, odds are he will eventually lose some of those and won't win those seasons. And so that's kind of what happened to Bananas a little bit um, and ruined it, but... Yeah, CT is the most popular pick right now as the GOAT because everyone loves him. Most people dislike bananas. That definitely factors into your opinion right now. You listening, you were right now, you're like, no, 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 no. Objectively, CT is the best. It's not because I don't like bananas and I love CT to death. That has nothing to do with it. It has it has a lot to do with it for almost everyone. And that and that's fair. That's fine, because it is a reality competition show. The personality part, the how much we like them as a character and a, as a person part should count. Absolutely. So I understand. So if you pick CT, I don't think you're wrong. And now if you say Jordan's the GOAT, I don't really think you're wrong either. I'm still going to go with Bananas is to me, but it's super duper close. And I think if anything, we can just confidently say those three are at the top. And then there's a, a slight drop to, I would say, Landon and West. That would be my top five, I think, right now. I'd have to think about it further. Don't hold me to anything other than this top three because the Theo Vaughns of the world, the Dan Setzlers of the world, the Mizzes of the world, uh, many, many, many other people that I'm not mentioning right now. Uh, yeah, this this doesn't count as an official four and five, but it does count as the official top three. Bananas, CT, Jordan, if you want to say any of the three, I won't really even argue with you that much as long as you say it is one of those three. So that's that. That's what Jordan did. Good job by him re-put himself in that all-time, all-time, all-time status. 
Now let's talk about Kaz. Kaz is now two for two. She won Challenge UK. Do we give her a full win for that? I mean, kind of, it's a mini season. It's kind of like a half. She's kind of like one and a half for one and a half, which is still amazing and an amazing thing to have done. And won one individually with alternating partners and then won one with a full-time partner. Um, and the best one she could have had there, but she absolutely held her own and kicked absolute ass the whole way, start to finish. So yeah, one and a half for one and a half, two for two, really. Where does that put her? What kind of path does that put her on? Because that's obviously a big deal to win your first two seasons of the show. That's a big deal. And um, again, even if you look at it, you're like, well, does UK really count? You're like, okay, well, then she's one for one with that other really impressive thing that she did over there, too. So she's, again, one and a half for one and a half sounds like the right way to say it. Um, she passes, I for sure, the one and done icons like the Sarah Graysons, the Sam McGinn's, Aviv's, Carly's, Jamie Chung, Kelly Limps. There's a bunch of uh, way more females, honestly, too, which may have had something to do, again, with how those females were always treated uh, or possibly cast, um, even when they did really well on the show throughout most of the history of the show. Topic for a different day. But there is a lot of female one-and-done champs. Um, most of the ones, you know, the ones I just mentioned all fit that bill and are all amazing, and I would love to see all of them actually on uh, future all-star season. That would be great. But I think Kaz, you know, passed them historically because again, one and a half over the one. She did come back and do it a second time. It's very impressive. It's very cool. Maybe not as iconic of a season and a win as a Sarah Grayson on the gauntlet or as Carly on Fresh Meat 2. But still, I think she kind of passes them a little bit. She's now probably in the land of, you know, the Tory Halls. Maybe even, dare I say, the Casey Clarks who might be kind of a comp for where Kaz could be in another season or two where it's like physical, physically dominant, pretty good social player. Everyone likes her, makes finals, has a win here and there, but you know, is going to make the final outside of an injury or whatever. I feel like she could end up very much in that Casey Clark mold, just with a little more personality coming through showing us a little more versus being that real behind the scenes strategic player. But there's also, she could be looking at the best case scenario uh, assuming that Kaz doesn't go on to do like 12 seasons of this show, but fingers crossed, she's at least like, bring her on flagship 39. If there's another world championships, if there's another UK, anything like that, like, I hope this isn't the last of her. And if it is, if it's just like, this is the only time we ever see her again, please don't let that happen. But if it is, if that's her choice or whatever, um, then yeah, I think she would kind of be in that Tory Hall type of zone where Tory won two out of three or four seasons that she was on, you know, kind of in there again, just a little bit above the one and done icons. Cause she'd be the one and a half and done icon. Um, but if she continues and maybe she gets two, three more seasons in her, she's at least on the path, best case scenario to be like a Susie or Emily, both Susie and Emily, some of the best resumes ever. Uh, Emily Schramm, that is both of them, four seasons, four finals, two wins of those pretty incredible stuff. Why is Susie not on All-Stars? I don't know. Why did, why did they not do that? Why did they not do that? I don't know. Anyways, so that could be the place she's headed. Either way, one and a half for one and a half, two for two if we're being generous, is very impressive. And man, really, really hope she's back for more because Kaz is the best. And now for the awards, the season-long awards. We hand out individual ones all season long. At the end of every season, we always hand out the full season awards. So... Let's dive in and keep it moving one after the other, starting with best quote. Now, this season, was it the best quotes? See, was it the, if I were to rank seasons off of how good the quotes were, this one would be middle of the pack. 
at best. It wasn't near the near the top for sure, but it had some good stuff. It had some people I really appreciated their confessional contributions. Let's run through the best quotes here. Well, one, two, three, four, five, six nominees starting in chronological order. Episode three, Kellyanne quote, I hope her energy just stays the fuck away from me. End quote. Most of these quotes, they're, they're fine on their own, even good or great on their own, but it's really about the context of the situation they're set in, like this one, Kellyanne versus John A. That was obviously a big deal. We'll talk about that in another award coming up here shortly, but loved that quote from her and just that overall sentiment and vibe from Kellyanne there. Next nominee, Kiki, episode four. Going out on a club nights is like going to a distant cousin's engagement party that you're forced to go to, but we fake fun and we fake friends, end quote. Love, love, love it. Kiki, the icon. As always, episode five, Grant, quote, I think that Bananas dude is going to be very upset because he's trying to conduct that, push it forward, and didn't fall into his lap. So hats off to you, Danny. You're an absolute legend, man. And like, suck shit, Tori. You didn't get your way, mate. End quote. Incredible. 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 Yes, multiple of these quotes do come at Tori's expense. Um, but they were funny and they were good. And I bet she had a good laugh watching it back. I hope she did. Uh, she seems like the type of person who would be able to laugh at it. So moving on to the next one, Kellyanne and Tristan, a little joint combo here from episode six, Kellyanne. And this is all in reference to the, the thing, the elimination they won versus Nelson and Huhui, uh, where, you know, she's strapped to the little board, swinging back and forth, trying to get the little puzzle pieces or whatever it was that they had to do. Kellyanne to Tristan quote, I've never done this before, but when I visualize myself, this is me. Tristan responds, flying through the air with no control. Kellyanne, absolutely. End quote. <laughs> just, uh, Kellyanne's, God, she's just so good. She's just so good. She's, she, I keep, I say everyone's the best. That's just my thing. That's the hyperbolic statement that I prefer to use over and over and over again. You may have noticed, uh, but Kellyanne really is the best. Next nominee, Sarah, quote, Tori, I get it. It's a shit situation, but this is the game you continue to sign up to play. End quote. Yeah, uh, well said. And then finally, from episode nine, Kiki and Darrell's little back and forth. Well, this is turned pear shape real quick. Pear shape, what's wrong with pear? Blah, 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 blah. And then everything turns pear shape, meaning you just lost control of what you were doing. I like pear shape. Pear shape meaning you got ass. End quote. Loved that from those two. More on Kiki and Darrell in one moment, one moment from now. But quickly, the winner of the best quote. I'm giving it to Kelly Ann, Kelly Ann and Tristan, but Kelly Ann. I've never done this before, but when I visualize myself, this is me flying through the air with no control. Absolutely. Yeah. Loved, loved, loved that. But speaking of Kiki and Darrell, along with the best quote, we of course have to give out the Dan Renzi award for the confessional king or queen of the season in honor of the original confessional king himself, Dan Renzi. And guess what? For the first time ever, we have both a king and a queen of this season. I don't think I've ever gave a joint version of this award before, but this season I am. Darrell and Kiki, all the joint interviews that team did gets them a joint Dan Renzi award. So hats off to the two of them, a well-deserved award. I loved every moment the two of them individually came on my screen and even more so every moment where they came on together, which was a lot of them. Almost all their confessionals were together after they got partnered up, you know, in that second episode. So moving on then to the best moment, episode two, the draft itself. The draft was amazing. I love a draft. It's talked about it before. Don't need to talk about it again. The draft is amazing. Second nominee, also episode two, Kellyanne versus John A. That icy bedroom conversation. 
if you're going to throw me in, just tell me. Doing the makeup, getting ready. Why is this so awkward? We're friends. What's going on here? Are you about to stab me in the back? Well, I wasn't, but now this is weird, so now maybe I will. It was great, great television. Great, great entertainment. It extended into episode three, but specifically that bedroom conversation that ended episode two. Fantastic nominee for best moment. Third nominee, episode four. The montage of Wes talking about his business success to like everyone in the house, anyone within a 50 mile radius that would listen. I really, I really like when they lean into the bit of, of Wes and Wes himself leans into this whole, like, I like talking to people about my business success. And then I'm over here being like, he actually is like incredibly successful. And I don't know that all the fans realize that, that like he's in on the joke and the joke is, is a joke, but it's also like real and true and i just i just love everything about it i love almost everything about west uh and so i really liked that little funny moment that they built of that next on the episode five tori and danny the voting breakdown they have specifically in episode five you could have said any of them but episode five is the one where tori just flat out says we're not doing that and then danny's just like uh this is who our votes for and tori's like you've got to be fucking is that seriously what you want to do right now and it's kind of the first really over the top, like, I can't believe how messy this team is being in front of everyone and can't get on the same page of the first of, you know, three or so times that that really publicly happens between that team. So we'll give that the nod for the moment to represent that entire relationship that gave us so much entertainment all season long. Next nominee, episode six, Grant missing the blob. Again, best moment isn't the right term because it's really the most memorable uh, could be most legendary, most infamous, most impactful, most indelible, whatever way you want to say it. The kind of big moment that stands out from the season. And honestly, one is it's not going to win, spoiler alert, but it deserves to be nominated because one of the moments I will think about is how did Grant miss the blob? How did he drop off? He dropped straight down from like 20 feet up. Like, how did he miss that bad? Why was it set up in a way that when he missed, he like didn't just slide into the water, but slid into like another little mini blob that caught his leg up and got him super duper hurt? Why was that the design of this thing? And then the consequences of it, of him and John A, who had been doing so well and had been kind of leading the rebellion alliance against the vacation alliance legends. And he has to go home, which means John A has to go home, which is a huge loss for the show. And suddenly, you know, that that really tipped the scales from like, this is getting really good really quickly to ah, and that simmer didn't boil over because of uh, a random injury. So that moment definitely sticks out. Then uh, fifth nominee, one, two, three, four, five, sixth nominee, Ben and Amber's exit and Casey and Troy becoming partners. Again, another one like not the best moment, certainly not for Ben. And I feel for the guy. Um, but again, one of those kind of indelible flashball moments that I'll kind of remember of like, damn, both of them want the two exits and then them getting to tell Casey and Troy, you could be partners and how exciting it was to be like, Ooh, this partner, I'm, I'm into this partnership. I'm very interested to see how this will do all of that. Great. And then final nominee episode 11, Theo in the jacuzzi because he quote unquote earned it. Yeah, you did Theo. So of all those nominees, I am going to give it, of course, Kellyanne versus John A, man. That's definitely what I think of first when I think of this season, probably. I might just think of the winners. I might think of like the whole concept of the world championships, maybe. But if I were to think of a moment from it, I think the first thing I think of is like, oh, Kellyanne was just fucking serving. And her and John A, who actual friends, kind of going at it and providing some real old school kind of drama in the house that was devoid of it. I, th I think that stands out. So I'm giving the award to them. 
Now for our two sports awards quickly here. The best daily challenge of the season. Overall, the daily challenges this season, I will say, they were kind of lackluster, which is which is the problem we've talked about with uh, Ride or Dies and with all the seasons leading into this of like, hey, if the show is going to be 100% focused on the actual sporting event and then the, the, the strategy voting politicking, then like those sporting events better fucking rule. And uh, I don't think that these ones ruled. They were kind of lackluster. There was nothing amazing. Nothing. This this winner isn't like a super duper standout by any means. And there were some that I got really upset about, aka the trivia. Also, when only one person competed, a couple other ones where I was like, this just doesn't. There was a, a an obvious better version of this sitting right over here, and you didn't do it. So three nominees though that I did really like. Episode two's chain game, the uh, where they had to make the chain, use the big chain in the desert to like build a shaped puzzle, whatever. Loved that. The visual of it was really cool. I just really liked that game in general. Um, a lot of all the elements of it worked for me. Second nominee, Gates of Hell, episode four. You had to run and slide under the closing door. The first time ever that I was like, wait a minute, now you're not going to do heats. <laughs> now you're not going to do heats. This should have been a little bit longer, but I liked that one. That's the one I like. I could see that returning and me being like, that's that, that's kind of a fun game. You get to kind of people jockeying for position. It gets a little physical. We kind of really find out who's working with who. I, I, I like that one. A good deal. And then the third and final nominee, episode five is flying around where they had to drink the gross drink and then swing around in circles while their partner threw them rings to then throw into another thing. This of course is the one where Wes and Zara end up getting last place after choosing not to do the drink and then that backfiring. So very consequential, looked really cool, looked really fun. Visually it was pretty neat. Those were my three favorites of the season, but the winner of the best daily challenge of the season is gates of hell. Again, it is the one I would say, uh, bring it back. I think it would be kind of fun to see different groups do this. And is the only one that I've almost ever said, like, do heats, make it a little so that it can last a little longer, little smaller groups first, and then put, you know, three, four, five winners in on the end one and make it a little faster, whatever. I like that one a lot. Best elimination of the season. Eliminations overall. Good. Good. Uh, kind of a couple standouts. We're going to talk about them here in a moment. And no real, like, dud duds. Um, uh, maybe, maybe there's one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there was a dud or two. Uh, a couple blowouts in games that were. All right. They were all right. Um, but overall, be certainly better than the daily challenges. Uh, pretty, pretty good. And they chose almost all the right ones. I was surprised not so fast wasn't played, but that's neither here nor there. It is here. It is my podcast. I can say that if I want. So it is here, but it's not there. Anyways, three nominees for best elimination. Episode seven's lock, stack, and barrel. This is where Kaz and Jordan beat Justine and Bananas. Obviously a huge deal. Probably the closest, I think, as far as like coming down to the last little second there. And that, and again, the one wrong the 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 flag's always smiling bananas and no one telling him and his reaction afterwards the whole thing that one uh definitely gets nominated here second one hands off episode nine Darrell and Kiki beat Kellyanne and Tristan uh knocking them out of the game finally for good which was a big big bummer but of course it was Darrell and Kiki so it was like I want them to win two and it was a very interesting and cool game with a puzzle at the end I like that and then third and final nomination and the winner of the best elimination of the season I'm sorry, it doesn't always go to the headbanger, but uh, if you have a good headbanger, it kind of is hard to beat in the hall brawl at the end of the season. As much as it probably cost Casey and Troy the final, uh, and by probably, I mean it did. I think it I think it 100% just straight up did, again, because of the shape that Casey was then in in the final versus would not have been if she wouldn't have had to do multiple rounds of a hall brawl the, at the start of the final when no one else had to do that. Um, it was awesome. It was awesome. 
It was really, really good. And uh, when you get a great hall brawl, you really, really got to celebrate it because who knows how many great hall brawls we have left. We haven't had that many great hall brawls in the history of all of the hall brawls. So loved, loved, loved it. That's the best elimination of the season. Now we have come to the big award, the final award, the one that matters most, the MVP. And quickly before we do, because I just realized I forgot to put it on my rundown and I would have done it by now. We normally at the end of the season do a little like, would you have them back or not? I, I won't go through the, even the whole list right now. I'll basically say of all the international folks, go back and listen to their season recaps and whatever I said about them then still stands. The only one I would bet that has changed is I would have Grant back now. Um, and I think I might have said no after Challenge Australia, but I would definitely have him back. Any of the international cast straight up, any one of them. I thought I like all of them. I would love to see all of them again on a flagship or otherwise or their own UK, Australia, whatever. Again, all of them. And then obviously, as far as the legend goes, uh, all of all of them are good by me, pretty most part. Uh, you know, some of the older, the bananas and the Wesses, you know, at some point you got to stop, but uh, it doesn't need to be right now. And so, yeah, pretty much across the board, yeses. How about we go with that? Uh, I think I'm looking at the list again here just to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably good on. I love Jody. I'm probably good on all stars for sure. Bring in all six. So yeah, I'm good on everyone. I'm good on everyone in some form or fashion. Some of the older players, maybe all stars only, but yeah, that's it. So with that bonus little feature there, let's get to the actual MVP. Let's get to the MVP and let's find out if she held on for the title or not. Let's start though. As we almost always do, I try to always remember to, the Gone Too Soon Honorable Mentions. We got two Honorable Mention lists here, and then we got a top five. The Gone Too Soon Honorable Mentions go to John A. and Wes, our All-Stars 3 champions, together once again in this other form. And they were both doing a lot this season. I was loving both of them this season. I thought they brought the most, maybe, to the show of anyone on the, the Legends, the Vets, half of the cast. And if they would have been around longer, they would have made it. I realize I just said that and it's incorrect because there's one. Well, yeah, because yeah, Kellyanne still exists. But I think you still understand what I was trying to say. John A and West, they were bringing it. They were just gone too soon and uh, really stinks. But they're they're just they're on a heater regardless of having lost and, you know, being medically DQ'd because of her partner for John A. Um, but coming off the All-Stars 3 win and both also being, like, very entertaining on All-Stars 3, uh, just love them so, so much. Honorable mentions who actual just, like, straight-up real honorable mentions almost made it into the top five. Um, folks that were essentially there almost the whole season, if not the whole season. Tori, Emily, and Kaz. We'll take them one by one real quick. Tori was obviously very prevalent this season all the way through, gets second place. I'm still someone who really likes Tori and is just like in the middle of, I understand why so many people are kind of against her or her alliance members and friends in this show. Totally makes sense. Totally understand. But I loved her at the start of her challenge career and I'm, she hasn't done anything to make me not like her. Uh, yes, I could do with the season without her or really anyone of the Vacation Alliance. Just give us a breather. Or if you're going to give us Tori, maybe no Jordan or no Casey or no Anissa or whatever. Just like that storyline is a little much for me, but it was still a major storyline this year. She still got second. She was still very involved and she was entertaining in many respects. So honorable mention for her. Emily 
is so good for the show. Um, they've the the focus on her swimming was a little. It got to be a little much, but that's not on her. That's on production, kind of more than anything else. And she was great. And I kind of wish again. I was like, I'm left wanting more and thinking that there is a lot more to offer there. Um, you might not love her. Uh, but you should love her as a character and, and cast member on this show because she brings so much on the, the game side of it, the athletic side of it, and brings a lot of personality and a lot of, you know, can be a polarizing figure to the other cast members in the house. Is great, great, great. And then Kaz, of course, love Kaz, wins the whole thing. Obviously, that's amazing. That isn't exactly what we're going. If that was, we wouldn't have an MVP trophy to hand out if it was just who won the season um, because then you would already know who got the MVP. But uh, she, for a, an eventual champion, wasn't super involved kind of throughout the entire middle of the season. Early in season, they got some looks for, some confessionals for. Late in the season, obviously, the confessionals picked up in a big way. The storylines picked up in a big way. She and Jordan were the big focus of the last two and a half episodes, I would say. So we got enough to know that I still absolutely love this woman and definitely want to see her back in multiple more seasons to come. But she just falls into the honorable mention group. And uh, yeah, those are your three honorable mentions now. Let's get to the top five. Let's get to the official ballot. The folks that made it. And this was tough. Um, it, it's kind of a weird place to be in when I'm like, oh, the season was kind of average overall. You know, there was this amazing version in my head that I feel like was right there and a couple small things, a couple small decisions they made, plus a couple things that were out of their control thwarted our ability to be able to get that amazing season that was sitting right there just out of reach. But even with that said, I like went through the cast and I'm like, I kind of respect and appreciate all of these people, like they all, they all did a lot. That honorable mention list could have been a lot longer, but we've got to, we've got to name a winner and we've got to name a top five. So in fifth place, we're going with Sarah, uh, back to back, uh, was, did I, was, was Sarah the MVP of challenge USA? I think she was, no, it was Danny. It was Danny, right? Yeah. There's, yeah, of course it was Danny. I love Danny so much. Um, he'll, he'll come up here in a minute too. Um, but yeah, uh, the queen of challenge USA, is one of the queens of the Challenge World Championships. I appreciated, as I said early on, her and Danny uh, were lights of this season, were you know the thing that saved this season from being bad, that at least got it to average to good in many times throughout. There was two things that saved that in my mind. One of them was Kellyanne's performance individually, just her by herself, which obviously she'll be in this top five at least. And the second thing was Sarah and Danny in their relentless pursuit of not joining forces with the vacation Alliance of proving themselves. And in, in a weird way, their previous season and all of the legends there, their, their reasons for being there, love, love, love both of them. And uh, so Sarah's in fifth, Daniel will be coming up. Spoiler alert, fourth place. Got to give it to the icon who is Kiki. Kiki's amazing. She gave us a lot. There was some drama with Kiki. There was good moments of her, you know, kind of learning the game from others or quote unquote learning the game more. So just like finding things to talk about. There was her, you know, kind of OCD cleaning the house, which were, I know she was, you know, in, visibly upset in those moments, but they were entertaining. I think she realized this is all good, good for the camera as well. Kiki brought a lot. Love, love, love her. She's in fourth. Third spot goes to our champion, Jordan, our male champion, Jordan. Um, again, I'm a little over the Tory Jordan storyline, but it was a big storyline for the season. Certainly, um, him and, and Kaz were a big storyline at the end of the season and how that dynamic, he goes on to win. He's got some of the most confessionals of the season, some of the most mentions of the season. 
And uh, yeah, we had some entertaining moments, kicked ass, had storylines, the whole thing, solid third place MVP finish. And then in second, I already said he would be on this list, so he's got to be here now in second. The guy I thought had a chance in the end of the season to step up and steal this MVP out from Kellyanne's hands. Couldn't quite get there. But Danny follows up his MVP performance with a second-place finish. Because, again, him and Sarah, really I could have put him and Sarah like tied or joined them up because their their storyline was so entwined. But just everything he did by first choosing Tori and then having that partnership that the two of them had gave us so much, uh, was very entertaining. He kicked butt in the challenge again, ends up getting second place. He's got a win in a second in his career, and he's got a win in a second as far as MVPs of these seasons go. So shout out to my man, Danny McRae. Shout out to Kiki while we're here. His Kiki, not the Kiki that was on this season. Shout out to both of them. We already gave Kiki on the season her multiple shout outs. So shout out to Kiki and Danny, both. But the MVP is Kellyanne. She held on. She held on. Eight episodes out of 12, plenty enough to be considered for the award. And when you're the overwhelming MVP of those eight episodes and no one in those final four puts an incredible performance forward to you know chase you down and pass you, it just is what it is. Kellyanne is the MVP. She was the most valuable person to this season. She is the reason I like this season and that I think this season is a good season. Without her, this not only becomes an average season, it might become a boring season. Not bad, but boring. And boring might be worse than bad. There's some bad seasons that are not boring, for sure. Um, and so we all we all have. We spent those eight weeks and the weeks since, you know, praising and bowing to this queen of the show, Kellyanne. But we got to continue. We got to continue. We got to. It's got to be overwhelming. Everyone letting her know how much we appreciate what she brought to the show in every facet of it, the entertainment level, uh, the at times, yes, paranoia that I'm sure isn't fun in the moment for her, but it is great entertainment and talent in uh, television for us. The elimination wins, the daily wins, um, the fact that she got kind of screwed when they won. It didn't really work out in their benefit to actually have won in those moments. The fact she could never quite get the alliance built on her side and then had some of those unforced, you know, just unforeseen things play against her in the few people she was working with. And all of it. Her partner gets super sick at one point. None of it matters. Uh, she had as good a confessionals as anyone all season long. She had the best moments of the season. She brought the most entertainment of the season. She was talking shit a lot of the season more than anyone else. She was performing really, really well. And she's the MVP. It's just there's just no there's no real argument with this one. This is a bona fide. It was an MVP performance. No one else had one of those. It's a clear cut victory for Kelly Ann. And it makes me so happy because she's the best and uh, she's the best too. Uh, all these people are the best. I don't, I don't know if you picked up on that yet, but they're all literally the best at the same time. All of them, each and every one. Kelly Ann's amazing. And I love that she, you know, proves as one of the folks invited of like the legends who's actually never won. Um, you know, it does feel an interesting way when talking about the world championships. So she proved it and then proved it again and then proved it a third time. And then was like, do you need me to prove it a fourth time? Okay. How about a fourth and a fifth and a sixth and just over and over and over all eight episodes. She was in magical, masterful masterpiece. Kellyanne is your MVP of the challenge world championships. And with that, 
that ends our coverage of this season. We've handed out awards. We talked about what we liked, didn't like. We talked about Jordan and Kaz as the winners. We talked about every episode all the way through. We've covered it through and through from the start, way back, Challenge USA 1 to now. And now we turn our sights to the future. To the one other topic we could have discussed today in the, like, did this work was, are they going to do it again? Because I alluded to in my uh, episode 11 and 12 recaps, like, Jordan and Kaz may be the only ever world champions of the challenge. They may be the only people that ever get to call themselves that. Because, yes, we know they're actively right now or maybe even already ended filming of Challenge USA 2. But I don't know if we're getting a UK or an Australia or an Argentina 2. I don't know if we're getting a world championships to ever in the future. I think if I had to guess, my best guess, and I have no idea, we're getting flagship minimum, minimum two more seasons of flagship. They're getting to 40. They're going to be able to say season 40, which will really be season like 52 total, but season 40. So we'll get 39 and 40 of flagship. We will get all-stars four and probably five, six, seven. We'll get a bunch more of those. We'll get USA 2, and I think we'll get USA 2, 3, 4, 5. I think USA will become, it might become the new flagship. I really do think that that, that could be a thing. Um, I don't think, though, if I had to bet, that we will see any of the others. I don't think we'll get UK or Australia. I think Argentina is going to happen, but it won't. It'll be its own thing. It'll truly be a Survivor Australia style. Yeah, if you love the challenge, hey, there's this other show you couldn't find a way to watch. It's only airing down there. It's not on Paramount Plus anything, but like there is a challenge Argentina show happening in Argentina. Um, I think that might happen, but I don't think the spinoffs, I don't think the world championship is happening again. And if I'm correct about that, then yeah, Jordan and Kaz, even better, even better for you. You get to say, I am the one and only challenge world champion. How cool would that be for them? And, you know, ultimately if we get flagship all-stars USA, we're probably good with three versions of the show, right? Am I right? I think, yeah, I think that's enough. Three's enough. Just make them good. Make them great. Make them the best ever. Return them to their once glory. And uh, they're still great, though. They're still great, even in this this form. They're amazing. I love it. I love everyone that's involved. Thank you to all the cast members. Thank you to all the production. Thank you to all of you who have been listening all season long. I will end this ramble fest here and now. As always, hit me up on Instagram at Challenge Historian. If you want to talk challenge, if you've got ideas you would love to see happen in the future version of the rewatch series, if you would like, if there's a topic of discussion you would like maybe to see a podcast episode done about, maybe pull in a couple other challenge podcasters, have a little roundtable debate about, let me know those. Anything you're looking to see, anything you'd like to see from a challenge content perspective, hit me up, let me know. Or if you just got hot takes, things you've always wanted to chat about, hit me up on Instagram at Challenge Historian. Hit that subscribe, hit that follow, so that whenever the next episode does come around, you will be ready for it. And then get those fingers crossed with me. All-Stars 4 announcement, please. Please, 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 please. This weekend? Is that too greedy? We probably should have had it three weekends ago. Can we have it this weekend? Can we get an announcement? Can we get a trailer? Can we get an All-Stars 4 season, please? And with that, thank you for being here. As always, peace.